Pego. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret 64 with me, your host, Yemi the Ferret. This, of course, is the podcast about video game news, occurrences, first impressions, reviews, etc. Of course, it's all video game related. We got the video games, we got the news, we got more video games, and we got more news. Let's get right into it with the first section of the podcast, which is... What have I been playing this past week? First up on the uh, document here is SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake. This is a <clears throat> completely serviceable uh, sequel to Bikini Bottom, The Battle for Bikini Bottom. Uh, rehydrated, I guess you could say. Um, I was not a huge fan of the Battle for Bikini Bottom rehydrated game in general, but I, f- I found myself being drawn to the Cosmic Shake because it just looked better, and it is. It is it is a better experience. I think that the platforming feels a lot better. Um, the, the moves you get seem to work a little bit less clunky, but they are still a little bit... Um, uh, they're still a little bit stiff in the like, the animation and just how they work and stuff like that. Like, you get a karate kick, and it's just like, it's so, <laughs> it's like, it works just fine, but the animation and how it, how it works is very, very stiff. Um, so like I said, this is a, this is a pretty serviceable sequel. It is better than ba- Battle for Bikini Bottom, but unfortunately, it doesn't go above and beyond the, the Call of Duty here. Um, I still am enjoying the game a lot. I'm in the third world now, and it's a pirate theme, and, you know, I've just, I've just been kind of having fun with, with that, uh, you know, with the whole, with the whole premise of the game, and, um, like I said, it, it, it's, it's serviceable in, in the, in a way where it's like, yeah, it's still, like, kind of, almost there but not really it's not like there there you know like it's still a good platformer has a lot of fun stuff going on but it doesn't go over the hump it doesn't go over the hump into like oh this is great this is amazing right um like i said i still am, am enjoying the game a lot and maybe and maybe my thoughts on that will change as i go through it more but like I said, right now I'm on the third world. It's a pirate theme. Having fun with that. Helping the flying Dutchman get his socks back. You know how it goes. So what is the Cosmic Shake, you might be asking? Um, it's a 3D platformer uh, with, uh, you know, a little bit of combat in there. You know, you can, you know, press square to, uh, you know, do a, uh, an attack with SpongeBob. You press A to jump. You press A and then O. Not A. X and then O to... To do a ground pound, uh, you press uh, triangle to do a karate kick while in the air. You know, um, it's it's very much like it's very much catered to a younger crowd. Uh, there are a lot of tutorials. The game does stop your gameplay every so often for like, hey, this is how you hit a button. Hey, this is how you hit an enemy. Hey, this is how you hit uh, a, a button that uh, that that's in a different spot. You know, like it's very it's very much like walking and hand holding you through uh, a lot of stuff. But the game does 
tear off the band-aid pretty quickly you know the first level is like this western theme and you know the first half of the level is just like okay you know we did this section where you're you're riding a seahorse mystery i knew i should have named her debbie um you're riding this the 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 seahorse um and you're crashing through things it's very linear you know you're you're uh going through this whole section trying to find Mr. Krabs or whatever. And then you get to the, the, the second half of the level, and it's like this big platforming, like, mayhem mode. Uh, like, you're trying to get, like, cactus juice for a guy who looks like Mr. Krabs. And, you know, there's, like, there's like durians falling, and, and there's, like, skinny platforms, and there's lots of enemies. And, you know, I just felt like, yeah, okay, so the game started off a little bit baby mode, but it really turned into like, oh, it's 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 fine, you know. It's it's a it's a pretty it's a it's a, it's 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 not like a huge challenge or anything like that. But it's got a decent bit of challenge in there. Um, I mean, I, I've only died I think one time because I fell off the map too many times, which takes away one of your square pants. Um, but I, I just I feel like uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just been one of those experiences that's just been like yeah, you know, it started off a little bit maybe a little bit too baby mode in my opinion but it's turned into yeah you know a pretty ch ch pretty good pretty pretty chill kind of experience you know I, I i think that one of the things that has been a little bit annoying and i think i've complained about this in battle for bikini bottom as well um but uh you know, it's 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 got too many of the same repeated voice lines over and over again. You know, you have Patrick floating a, a, along with you, which is like, oh yeah, maybe this will help out a little bit. But SpongeBob is really just saying the same stuff over and over and over again. I really think they could have gotten Tom Kenny to do a few more voice lines, you know, to, to mix it up a little bit. But there's there's like three or so voice lines that just keep repeating over and over again. And of course. You know, SpongeBob will save voice lines when picking up the currency in the game, which is jelly or collectible, I guess you could say. It's just a bunch of jelly is everywhere. And he'll say, like, a dab will do ya, or, you know, jam, or whatever he says. You know, I, I, a dab will do ya is probably the one that comes up the most, which is why I remember that one so clearly. Um, so I do wish that they had recorded more voice lines for the combat and for, you know, just like the, the, collect the collecting aspect of the game because. It, they really do say the same stuff over and over and over again. Patrick and SpongeBob will just be saying the same things over and over again. But I think having Patrick there is actually a really good idea for this game. You know, in the, in, the, in Battle for Bikini Bottom, you know, you switch out this Patrick and Sandy, but it's just SpongeBob the entire time. Having Patrick along with you as this little balloon following you around is actually a, a really nice way of doing things, giving the game a little bit more personality i mean spongebob and patrick are a dynamic duo you know you gotta have you gotta have them both in there if they're not both in in your game 24 7 then is it is it really a spongebob game um so anyway let me talk about the plot a little bit because you might be asking you know what how how did this all happen you know why are they in a western world why are they in a pirate world etc um so essentially spongebob gets a hold of magic bubble soap and he's granting everyone's wishes. So Patrick wants to go on an amazing bubble adventure. Um, Squidward or Sandy wants to be in an action movie. Mr. Krabs wants to be really, really rich. You know, the, the basics. You know, it's the basics. So he grants everyone's wish and SpongeBob tears a hole in the fabric of time, which is essentially just jelly. Jelly spews out of the abyss and covers 
uh, Bikini Bottom and all these worlds are kind of melding together and uh, they have to help this mermaid to try and stop the inevitable destruction of the world. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you go into the first the first world, which is a Western theme trying to find Mr. Krabs. And Mr. Krabs' wish was to be really, really wealthy. Well, he acquired that wealth by, you know, stealing. It's kind of like a genie, uh, uh, you know, one of your three wishes from a genie or maybe a monkey's paw situation, you know. So... You know, you go through the town, there's wanted posters everywhere of him, and, you know, you're trying to follow his trail, and you eventually catch up to him and, and inside of a in, inside of a train, and and uh, the, the level ends, and I thought that it was a pretty, pretty good level. And, yeah, I know I have a soft spot for train levels, okay, but that's not the reason why I like the level so much. It was just a really fun sequence of events. Like I said, it starts off a little bit easier. You're doing some linear sections. You're just kind of learning the ropes of the game. And then it kind of starts to amp up the difficulty a little bit. Every, you know, it keeps nudging it in, in a direction every so often. So because of this big cosmic event, these jelly monsters come out and they start harassing the, the people of Bikini Bottom and all these different worlds that you travel to. There's some basic enemies who just have you know, regular weapons, uh, there's long-range enemies that fire white substances at you, which is like, come on, just make it purple, you know, white is just so, like, looks like cum, you know, <laughs> there's these bigger guys who have, um, they're holding, like, bathtubs, and, and they, and they try and hit you with the bathtubs, and then there's also, like, these spawner enemies who are just big globs of jelly, they spawn enemies until you kill them, so, you know, a little, uh, pretty good enemy variety. I'm expecting there to be more enemies as we go on, but I guess we'll find out. Um, and then, you know, the next world is like a movie set. And what I really liked is that the game kept things kind of fresh throughout the, this level. The Western one also did that as well. You know, there's a lot of different set pieces, a lot of th different things going on. You get to the movie set, and let me tell you, this one was way like was like way more in depth. Like it's still a little bit janky here and there in some of the transitions, but you know, you start off, you're doing your thing, and then you know you you run into Squidward, and he puts you in the movie, and so you have to like stay in frame on the camera for this section, and you have to go across the rooftops in this section, and you have to you know climb cranes in this section, and then you have to fight Sandy in in a, in a battle. Uh, with and she has like all these different moves and I thought that was a, a genuinely a good boss fight at the end of it all I thought it was genuinely a good sequence of events going up to that final battle and th yeah that that's just the thing about the game like it's it's so close to being like yeah a really great platformer right now it's just kind of good it's just a good platformer better than Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated I think they've done a lot better job with this game seeing as they don't have to be constrained to that battle for bikini bottom formula that is already set up for them in the past uh, they can kind of do what they want with this one and i'm hoping that things start to flush out a bit more um so also if you're confused and going through the game and you don't understand where your bubble surfboard is the bubble surfboard appears where it needs to appear it won't you can't just summon in the bubble surfboard which is something that i also was like Where's my bubble surfboard? Is this like a fast travel ability? Is it like a quick running ability? No, it's just it's in the world and you just kind of jump on it and it glides you. And yeah, that is a little bit disappointing in my opinion, especially because Battle for Bikini Bottom utilized all those different bubble abilities uh, whenever you wanted to. Um, so, you know, a little bit of disappointment there, but for the most part, been having a good time with it. I've played more SpongeBob uh, the Cosmic Shake, then Forspoken in the past two weeks now. 
And yeah, I mean, I would give it a recommend. You know, if you got kids who like SpongeBob, there's lots of references in there. I mean, Sponge is obviously it's a SpongeBob game, so the whole thing is technically a reference. Um, but they actually did, you know, they reference new stuff, they reference old stuff, you know. Um, there's a lot of, it seems like there's going to be a lot of backtracking in the game. Not not backtracking as in, as in like, oh, it's going to be such a bad case of backtracking. Um, because there's like new abilities you can get, so you can, you know, you can do different boss fights. You can find different areas, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I think that the backtracking won't be too bad. It'll be kind of like God of War backtracking almost, where you just kind of go through an area with all your stuff and... You can experience some more going on, you know. Then, um, like I said before, there's a lot of collectibles in the game. Not only is there jelly, uh, and the tiki heads make a return as well. The tiki heads that you break and get and get stuff from, so you get jelly from those guys. Uh, but there's golden spatulas around that you gotta collect. Uh, there's also co Neptune's coins. Neptune's coins are around, and you can also find extra pairs of underwear or. I forget exactly what they what what you pick up in order to get the extra pair of underwear, but the underwear is your health bar. So I right now I have five, and you start off with four. Uh, so you pick up an item to get extra underpants, essentially. Um, so yeah, a good amount of collectibles in there. If you like collecting things, there you go. I don't believe the jelly respawns in this one, but I could be wrong. I have not gone back through areas yet. Whew, what else? I mean, I mean the graphics are actually really nice in this game. You know, I, I think that the graphical state of it, you know, kind of reminds me of, you know, uh, of course, older uh, SpongeBob games, but it's got that new coat of paint on it. I think the animations are a lot better in this one. Um, they've got the whole, they got the entire voice actor cast for the game, including Mr. Krabs in this one, which is really nice. Um, and that was one of the things I was worried about is like, oh, are they going to, you know, is the guy who plays Mr. Krabs not going to want to do this again? Oh, uh, yeah, he did it this time, which tells me that they probably could have gotten to do, like, the Battle for Bikini Bottom uh, voice acting as well, uh, but they just decided not to or, you know, took the easy way out and just used the old takes from the guy who tried to mimic Mr. Krabs, you know, uh, but whatever, what are you going to do? Uh, but, yeah, like, all the voice actors are there. They're all doing a great job, um, and like I said, the animation and stuff like that is, is really good, too. I like the graphical quality, um, especially when the jelly's all over Bikini Bottom. There's, there's something... There's something quite nice about the goop all over the place <laughs> um but yeah uh yeah if you want to check this out i would definitely recommend checking it out it's a fun platformer um it doesn't it doesn't like do anything too unique or special like i said it's kind of serviceable in that aspect but it's still pretty fun good for kids uh a little bit too handholdy at first but it kind of lets you off your chain eventually and, uh, yeah, been having fun with that. I'm, I'm excited to go through this pirate area and see what it has the has in store for me. I'm really hoping for more level variety. The, if, if they keep doing what they did with the movie theater and the western area, I'm going to be ecstatic, you know. Right now, the first part of the mission is just, like, dodging cannonballs, which is kind of fun. So we'll see if they keep building off of that. I really hope they do, and um, I'll keep going from there and report back next week if I have anything new to say. Um, but as of right now... Cosmic Shake gets a thumbs up from me. All right, let's talk about a game called Rhythm Sprout. This is a game that I played at PAX East last year, and I was very much interested in it. It is a... Uh, it's pretty much just a rhythm game where you play as this little onion dude, 
and you uh, kind of dance, not dance, but you kind of, you know, move to the beat of the song that's playing for each level. And it's kind of reminds me of Rock Band Blitz a little bit because Rock Band Blitz also had a very similar control style where if you're using uh, a controller, the X, Y, B, and A buttons are red or yellow, I think in this case, are yellow in this one. And the D-pad, all directions on the D-pad, you can hit either one for the for the yellow or the red. I forget which one it is. I think yellow's on the right and red's on the left, okay? And then you could also dodge in the game, which is your shoulder buttons. Um, and you only do that stuff when it shows up on the... It, it, it is really... I mean, it's, it's like Rock Band or Guitar Hero where the notes will come at you and you just got to press the right button. And Rock Band Blitz was kind of the same way where it was very basic, but... You know, it did get a little bit challenging, especially when playing, you know, more difficult songs. Um, and this one is the same way, too. Uh, the more difficult the, the track gets, the more intricate the button combinations get, which can kind of really give you some finger twisters. Um, it's, you know, each, I mean, there's there's like there's like 50 or so levels in this game, including bonus levels, which is crazy to me. Like, that's how many songs are in the game, and so far they've all been bopping, you know. I kind of, you know, I, I'm at my standing desk and I'm playing, and I'm just kind of, you know, marking time or, you know, moving around to the beat while I play the game. It really helps out with the, with the, with, you know, keeping things on track. Um, so, yeah, I think this game is really channeling that old you know, Rock Band Blitz, or even, like, I think Amplitude was also another game, which was also by Harmonix, um, that kind of felt the same way. Um, so, yeah, you, you press left, you know, you press the buttons, or you press the D-pad when a certain color comes up, and you press the, the shoulder button, the dodge, when a blue, a blue line comes up. And there's also notes that you need to miss, like, you you know, they're, they're, they're like, grayed out magenta color. Um, you've got to make sure you don't hit on that, or you lose a health. Um, essentially you have a, a health bar that decide, like, if you miss X amount of notes, or if you hit the wrong note, or if you get, you know, if you don't press the dodge button, your health will go down. Every combo of 20 will give you some health back, and they also, um, they also just in general have, like, this one-time health regen, um, super mode that gives you double points, too, that you could press by pressing both the shoulder buttons at the same time. Um, so that does help out too, if you're struggling during a section or, 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 there's also like little fights you do throughout the level as well. So, you know, you'll be, you know, you'll be, you'll be walking along on the path, bopping along on the path. And then, you know, uh, an enemy will show up and you got to do like a little fight with them, which is where dodging comes in. You start the dodge, uh, the enemy's blows and stuff like that. And you know the songs can go on for a little bit longer if you uh, if you don't if you don't hit notes you know if you don't hit a note then you don't step forward. So you know a lot of times you can you know you can get a little bit extra time in, in the song if you just miss a couple notes at the end you know which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, so it's been a fun game so far. Like I've I've been really enjoying it. I think all the music has been pretty good uh, so far. Um, the bonus missions that you unlock are super. Like some of them are like really difficult. Um, there was this one that I unlocked. I don't know why I unlocked it because it just it just seems to be so next level. But I mean, it was just like it was like you know triple note hits right in a row, and you know going between both the buttons super fast. And 
Like I was kind of in it for like maybe half the half the song, and then I was like, okay, I'm I'm getting tired, and yeah, I need to work on my my thumb dexterity a little bit more, I guess. Uh, I've I've been I've been babied by some of these big open world adventure games that you don't need to press too many buttons in right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rhythm Sprout, it's been a really good time. It's on Steam and PlayStation and Xbox. It's, it's not too bad. It's about 20 bucks. It's definitely worth picking up, especially if you like rhythm games. Um, it's one that's maybe not going to be as intricate as something like, you know, Rock Band or Guitar Hero or, or you know, uh, Fuser or whatever. Um, but it's still a fun time. It's a little bit more basic than, than what you might expect. But it's also still really good. I really enjoy it. Um, it's got a colorful palette to it. All the characters are vegetables and fruits, and the enemies in the game are all sweets like gingerbread men, cupcakes, etc. There's also mushroom people in there, and uh, you know, the environments that you kind of walk through are, are pretty are pretty varied. You know, you, you start at like a, just a regular garden path and then you go into like a spooky mansion and there's a frozen field and then there's a jungle and the songs kind of um, are kind of uh, made to kind of exude, you know, jungle energy or ice world energy or haunted house energy, you know, or dungeon en- energy, you know what I'm saying? So... Yeah, it's been a fun game. I've li- I'm liking the story so far. It's been a little funny at times too. I-, I I do like that. You know, there's there's a moment where you know the the mushroom kids ask you if you want to join their group, and if you say yes, you know they're like ha got them. And if you say no, then they they kind of are like oh well you weren't invited. In. You know, it's one of those things that like the the dialogue can be a bit funny at times. And, uh, you know, there is a little bit of choice in the dialogue options if you really want to try out the two different versions. I, I'm sure it's just, it's going to it's gonna go the same way as it usually does, but, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I would I would actually, I would recommend Rhythm Sprout, Sprout 2 for sure. I think that's been a pretty, pretty fun time. I've been enjoying myself on that. Not really much to say about it since it is, you know, it's a rhythm game and there's only three buttons that you press. <laughs> Four if you count pressing both of the shoulder buttons at the same time. Um, so it's not going to be the most in-depth rhythm game you've ever seen, but it's still fun and it's still enjoyable. And I know I'm kind of sounding like a broken record, but that's really all there is to it. As long as the game is fun and it's got a few unique qualities in there, I'm probably going to make it to the end. This game is definitely ramping up the difficulty quickly. So, um, I definitely got to get in more practice before going on to the harder levels right now. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been fun and I've been enjoying myself. So if you want to check it out, Rhythm Sprout, it's available everywhere. I also tried out the game Inkluminati, Inklunati, however you say it. Uh, this is a turn-based game that's kind of in the same vein as that uh, game that came out last year, Penta, 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 whatever. It was the medieval type game that you played, like. It was kind of like the medieval art, and you played on the medieval art, right? This game is very similar. Uh, you, it's like medieval style drawings, you know, made by your your ink master essentially. So there's a knight, there's a maid, there's a a, a nun, there's um, a bard, there's a Yoda type character as well. <laughs> for some reason, um, the game's been a little bit goofy at times, um, but I also think the game's been quite challenging i mean i'm, I'm kind of get, having trouble getting my head wrapping my head around the combat in this one and just positioning and stuff like that so essentially it's a it's a turn-based game where you draw like essentially you draw like your minions and you use them to attack uh the enemy's minions and you try and get to their master artist and push them off the map or kill them etc 
And uh, after four or five turns has gone by, the map will start to get smaller. And if your Ink Master is caught in the fire, which builds up, um, they will die and you'll lose the match, right? I am like I am like four levels in and I am struggling hard. I don't know if it's because the game is just a lot harder than I was expecting it to be or if I'm just not grasping the the concept of the game, but right now I'm not like super interested in continuing playing. I mean, I'm just playing the Xbox Game Pass, which is like a game preview. I don't think the I think the game is still in early access, so they could change a few things up here and there to maybe help make it a little bit more palatable for me personally. Um, but I, you know, I've been like, I've been struggling with like, just, okay, whose turn is it? Okay. Is my turn next? Or is the AI going again? Um, why is it that I seem to be always in the worst positions possible so that a guy can push my character all the way off the map from four spaces away? Like even the tutorials were starting to give me some frustrations. There's like these snail enemies who just kill everything in one hit and I was, like, wrapping my brain... Like, I was really trying to, like, figure out how to get through this thing without dying. Eventually, I did do it, but, like, it was such a crazy, for some reason, difficult tutorial. And it, I guess that was just kind of preparing for the game. Like, hey, this game's gonna be a bit brutal on you. Um, so, essentially, the, the, the story mode is just, like, going through different challenges and overcoming them. And... You know, I really was not prepared for all the different mechanics that were going to be thrown in my face right on. I mean, you know, from the get-go, there's two, like, you do all the tutorial levels, and maybe there's a few that have multiple stories in there, like, you know, tiers of, of battle. Um, but, you know, they start you off and they go, okay, here's a here's a simple line of enemies to fight. And then you move on to, like, the fourth mission in this. And it's like, okay, and now you have to battle the Ink Master who's at the top of a five-story building or, you know, five-story area. And you have to get up the ladders and get them. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is the most difficult thing I've had to do yet. And it's like, it's really difficult. So, like I said, maybe I'm just not jiving with, with how it goes. Maybe I'm just not understanding some of the mechanics in the game. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to try it you know, more so in the future, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to get back onto it and try a little bit more. If, if the next time I play, I'm not making any progress, I'll probably uh, just delete it. So, you know, whatever. Um, I think the concept is fun and I, I liked the first few parts of the game. You know, the, t the t first few parts of the tutorial, I should say, when it was just kind of like a flat line and I was just kind of like, you know, putting my guys in, in a way that will help me win. And like I said, there's like a pushing mechanic where if you push an enemy and they have stuff behind them, they'll keep going until the next open spot. And that can mean like pushing them all the way off a map sometimes. Same thing goes for your ink master. You can push and you can push and move them. You can actually use like the ink guy's hand because when you draw, when you when you place an enemy or a, a, a minion, oh my gosh, when you place a minion, you actually see a hand draw it on the page, and you can actually use like that master hand to also attack enemies, push enemies, push yourself, push your soldiers. Um, eventually, I think you can get different abilities like healing and stuff like that as well. Um, so, you know, that's another cool mechanic there, but it really hasn't been helping me in, in a lot of ways. I just kind of been doing bad at the game and I'm not afraid to admit that, you know, I'm, I'm man enough to admit that I am struggling with ink Illuminati and I'm, and I might not continue it, you know, a lot of times with games like this and, you know, like games like, uh, Mario and Rabbids or, uh, maybe even like that Gears Tactics game. Like I, I start off and I'm doing really good and then like something comes up, a roadblock comes up and I'm not prepared for it and I just get frustrated and quit the game. 
Um, it's kind of happening with this one a little bit sooner than I thought it would. So sorry, but yeah, I might not. I, I might not make it through this one, or not, I might not even make it through the game preview at this point. But we'll see how it goes. I'll keep trying. Uh, maybe next time I sit down to play a game, I'll, I'll pull it up. But there's other things that I really want to play right now. You know, SpongeBob being one of them. You know, I still haven't played that Pizza Time game yet. Uh, there's, you know, Dead Space remake and stuff like that, that I still want to continue on. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll see how it goes, but for right now, Incluminati, Incluminati, not, not jiving, not jiving right now. Power Wash Simulator. Um, hey, here's a game if you want to feel like you're doing work for video game money, uh, because it literally just feels like work. Yeah, it's, I mean... People say this game is quote-unquote relaxing. I find myself not really relaxing while playing. I find myself just feeling like it's work and I'm doing work in a game and, like, I could be doing something better with my time, you know? Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times you're, you know, you're washing a building or an object or whatever and it says that you haven't cleaned it all the way and you use the little, use the button to try and see where the dirt is that's left on it and you can't see anything and you're like spraying it for like back and forth up and down left and right and all of a sudden after like 30 minutes of spraying it you finally find the one little piece of dirt and that only happens on the smaller objects the bigger an object is the less you'll have to clean it 100 percent all the way i was doing a roof the other day i play with greedy waffles I was doing like this big roof and I was like spraying up and down. It felt like I was going for 15 minutes just spraying this roof up and down trying to clean it. And I still had a good like 25% left of the roof to clean and it went bing bing and I got the points for cleaning the roof and it, it automatically took the dirt away and I'm like okay what the fuck and then at the end of the map we were trying to find like there was like you know at the end of it when you have like a few things left it tells you what you need to to finish up on you can you can check in your tablet too. And, you know, it was saying, like, you know, siding. There was, like, four sidings that we didn't do. And I'm, like, I'm spraying all the sidings left and right, back and forth. We're circling around this thing. We're, we're, we're binging one or two off of our checklist every so often. But I felt like we circled that house, like, three or four times, trying to find the last speck of dirt on these little tiny slivers of wood. And finally, after, like, five times around this thing, we found the last speck of, of dirt. And it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's what that's what gets frustrating about the game, you know? Like, the, the cleaning stuff, I can, you know, I'm fine with. I can clean all day when, you know, like, I, I can do that and have no problems. But it's when you get to the end of it all and you are at 99% completion and you're trying to find that last tiny piece of dirt dirt that's on a small object and you just cannot find that you know you 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 try all the different angles you try different soaps you try different settings on your washer you try everything and for some reason it just doesn't go we got stuck on this level that had that was just a big it was a pretty much a big shoe in a park and you know there's windows and stuff on it of course just like the nursery rhyme and like we we were stuck trying to find where this one last little stain was on this freaking shoe and we we had to give up i mean i i feel like we were searching for like 30 minutes straight and we had to give up on this level and go to another one because we could not get this freaking last little tiny piece of dirt and it doesn't make any sense because in every other level like i said like if you get done 99% cleaning the part that you're cleaning, usually it'll just bing and, and get in and let you move on. Like I was talking about the roof earlier or siding or a garage door or a window. 
it won't it, you don't need to clean everything perfectly in order for the mark is clean most of the time but there's parts in the game where it's like i've washed this like skinny slab of wood five times and it's not giving it to me and then finally on the sixth time you wash it through maybe maybe you do you know do the right combination of stuff and it just says wash and it's like i couldn't see where the dirt was i tried to press the tab button or whatever button is on the controller to see where the dirt is and it wouldn't show up for as many times as i clicked it but yeah randomly it just binged and let me go and I, i've been getting frustrated with that and that's the thing about this game it's a little bit frustrating it's a little it's a lot boring i will say that it's very boring and and there's just a bit of like why am I doing this, you know, at the end of it all when it's at 99% and I can't get it done? And that's a bad thing. That is a bad thing, okay? I don't want to be playing a game where I feel like my time is being wasted. And this is one of those games where my time is being wasted. Yes, I'll continue playing it as as much as Greedy Waffles wants to because in the end, it's more fun to play with someone else and get things done with someone else, you know? And I would rather play it with someone else than play it on my own. Like, I think I completed the first level on my own, and the rest of them I've had to have, you know, someone, you know, greedy come in and, and wash with me because I will get too bored and I will just quit, <laughs> you know? Um, so don't take that as like, oh, he's never going to play again. He doesn't want to play again. Like, I'll play again. It's just, I, it's, it's like a one and done kind of thing where you'd finish a level or maybe two and you're like, okay, let's move on to something else, you know? And that's kind of the story of Power Wash Simulator. Um, can I... I mean, I guess if you like simulation games, this is one of those ones that's, like, on the spectrum of being, like, better, you know, because there's more to do. There's there's th stuff to earn and, and, and places to go with the game. There's lots of different unique levels and, and places to Power Wash. Um, and it, it is a little satisfying to clean the, the dirt and grime off of things like, uh, you know, we were, we were cleaning off, uh, um, a playground and I was kind of, I was kind of getting in a groove of cleaning, you know, and, and I, I liked the, I liked the kind of monotony that was, that was coming up, you know, I was just kind of listening to a video in the background talking the greedy every so often, um, but then there's other times where like, it just gets frustrating and boring and I feel like it's more so work than it is game. And that's kind of where I draw the line. Like when a game starts feeling like work, that's not, I don't, I don't want to work. I want to enjoy my experience. You know, I want to have an enjoyable, fun experience. I don't want to work. Working is for eight to four, nine to five. Okay. Game time is five to 12. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Power Wash Simulator. If you like simulation games or if you think that this is going to be a game that vibes with you, definitely check it out. It's on Xbox Game Pass. And it's, I believe it's officially been launched on PlayStation and Switch now. So you can kind of play it anywhere you want. But it is still free to free, quote unquote, on Xbox Game Pass if you want to check it out. All right. Uh, played a lot more Dead Space Remake. I'm chapter eight now, and I've been having a blast with it. There's not really much that I can say more right now for the game. I just, I'm really enjoying how the game feels connected. It really, really does. You can walk from one end of the ship to the other at, at, at some times. I'm sure once you're done with the game entirely, you can do that. But like there's, if you have four areas linked together, 
like medical to cargo to engines to whatever, you can literally walk from one end of the ship to the other end of the ship, and that's be- that's a beautiful thing. I really enjoy that. I like what they did with the asteroid, uh, the asteroid section. I think I talked about this last time, but they changed that up just enough to kind of be like, yeah, this is definitely an improvement here. You know, I've really been enjoying myself. Um, I love the. I mean, the graphics are amazing. The sound design is great. I was talking about how the enemies are kind of fleshy and. They can kind of, you know, get their skin blasted off, their organs blasted off, their bones showing, you know. I, I think that that's, all, that's just been really well done as well. Um, yeah, I mean, the new stuff they've added in is good too. Like there's a new way to, you know, you, you get introduced to enemies in different ways now. You go to, into new sections. Sometimes the areas are a little bit mixed up and reversed or whatever. The new security levels thing is also really interesting. It's been a really good job. Uh, they've done a really good job with that um you know the, the stuff that they've kept the same is still great you know like there's that section with the enemy who can't be killed he kind of regrows every so often they changed it a little bit uh but uh for the most part it's been yeah really really fun like they did the, they, they kept that relatively the same but it, it still felt really good and you know, there's a few, uh, you know, I've, uh, I haven't run into any, like, new enemies yet. I mean, there's some different versions of the Necromorphs that come at you. Um, like, they're a little bit faster or a little bit stronger than, than the other ones. So, I think that that didn't really sh- start showing up until later in the game, in the original game. But, you know, I think it's been a really good time. Haven't really died too much. And I will say this, it's probably because... It's probably because uh, I've played through Dead Space 1 so many times. I mean, when I initially played the game on the 360 on stream um, back like two, I think was, yeah, I think it was two years ago at this point or three years ago. I forget, forget how long ago it was. Um, I played through it like two or three more times after that. So, you know, I was really, really digging that game. And, um, you know, this, this remake has really gone above and beyond to like give it the same kind of love and care. Um, and, and I think that, you know, a lot of people poo poo on remakes and say that we don't need them, you know, same thing with remasters and say, we don't need it. We don't need it. And then a game like this comes out, dead space remake. And it's like game of the year contender at this early on, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's really, it's really an interesting thing. And it's really, it's a good thing. You know, if this game came out and bombed, I mean, there would be a lot of people angry. I mean, we haven't had anything dead space related in so long not since Dead Space 3, you know what I'm saying? And to see this game get remade and and be uh loved and, and universally praised, it's 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 great. And you know, they're they're constantly rolling out updates to kind of fix a few of the minor issues that are with the game. And so far I haven't really run into anything myself other than that one crash I talked about last time, which was kind of fluky, you know. So, you know, I've been really having a good time with that. And I might I might just try doing impossible mode on this game. Like I feel like I feel like I might, you know, I might need to use a little bit of cheese here or there to get through it myself. But I mean, if I get everything else done in this game and I'm just waiting on impossible mode, I I might just I might just try it out, try and do it. Maybe I'll do it on stream. I don't know. But yeah, still very much enjoying Dead Space Remake. Definitely check that out if you haven't yet. And then finally, uh, I've been playing that stupid Devolver Tumble Time game um, pretty much daily for about 15 minute increments every so often. I've gotten down a pattern of like getting these levels done. I'm now on like level 68 or something like that. And 
I finally reached another roadblock in the game where you have to like add time to the timer in order to advance to the next level. And to do that, you need to get a time bomb, which is linking together like seven through 11 heads or whatever, or maybe it's, it might be more. And you can also do that through your special abilities that each character has, but it's been one of the more it's been one of the more tougher things to do. Like I was cruising for a while there, you know, even like I said last time that I needed to keep watching ads to like, you know, continue in, in levels and stuff like that. I've been barely watching ads at this point because if I get to the end of a level and I still have a lot to do, I just go, okay, I'll just redo it. Maybe I'll get a better run next time. And usually I do. And I'll only watch an ad if I need like three or five more heads, you know, or whatever. And with this time adding on thing, it's just been, it's been grueling. I mean, I've been stuck on the same level for like the entire day today. And it's just like, ah, I was really starting to enjoy the game and think highly, uh, you know, think a little bit better of it. And then you throw this on me where I can't, I can't get through it without, without adding time to the timer. Like what the fuck? I haven't, I haven't had to do that the entire fucking game. So I'll get around it eventually. I've been using the um, guy from, um, it's the chicken dude from hotline Miami or whatever. He seems to be able to get time bobs pretty easily. So we'll see how it goes. But adding eight seconds to the clock and the time bombs only give you two seconds. So you got to try and do what you can, and whatever. Um, I've been really kind of annoyed with the fact that the game presents itself as a parody, but it gets trapped into the same tropes as other phone games. You know, I was talking about how many currencies are in the game and like how there's like a hundred dollar option to buy everything uh, that you can, and you, you, you spend $3 to get unlimited hearts, but you still need to watch ads and stuff like that to play the game, you know, the, to continue your levels and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, there's still like, uh, there's still way too many currencies and there's also, you can also go to the shop and buy, you know, 500 of this currency, 500 of this currency for $5 each. And then you can also buy like, you know, a hundred thousand coins for $5 or whatever. And it's like, what are we doing here? Like if, is, is it, is this a parody or is it not? Because right now, it feels just like any other Candy Crush, you know, mobile phone kind of game right now with all the microtransactions and ads that are placed into the experience. So if Devolver was truly trying to make a parody phone game that parodies the the bullshit nature of pay-to-win types games that give you roadblocks and stuff like that, why am I seeing these things in Devolver's game if it's a parody? Like, do something else. You know, have the junk be the currency and then just use the junk. Don't let me buy junk. Don't give me an option for $100 to press on a button that says $100 to buy everything. Don't do that. <laughs> Why are you doing that? That's such bullshit, you know? Don't don't make me watch an ad to continue my time. Just just give me extra time if I need it, if I request it. Don't make me spend actual money to get extra items because you don't give me enough in each level. You know that's the kind of par. That's not parody. That's just straight up. That's just straight up bullshit. So, you know, I still kind of give it a little bit of a recommend because it is fun. I find myself having fun. You know, like like I said, I play for about fifteen minutes every so often. You know, I play it pretty much daily at this point. And if I just have a you know, a little bit of time, you know, maybe I'm, you know, kind of just kind of sitting at the computer waiting for a game to load or, you know, I'm on the toilet, you know, yes, yes, I am human and I take shits, okay, some, you know, I'll, I'll play a few rounds on the toilet or if I'm in the car as a passenger, you know, or maybe I'm at work and there's nothing going on for a minute and I'll just, you know, be in my car and I'll, I'll, I'll play a few rounds and wait for something to come in. You know, I still play it and I, you know, I still have fun with it, but there are these roadblocks. There's are the, there are these things that I say like, yeah, that's bullshit. 
And unfortunately, that, that that makes it hard to recommend because I don't want someone who maybe is susceptible to pain to win to to get this game and spend a hundred dollars to buy everything. Like that's kind of defeats the purpose of the game, which is maybe something that I should complain to Devolver about and not you guys. <clears throat> All right, but that's that's hey. That, that's that. Um, we also finished Wolfenstein, The New Order. I know this section has been going on for a little bit long. Let me kind of keep this brief, I suppose. Look, if you haven't played Wolfenstein, The New Order, you got to play Wolfenstein, The New Order. It's one of the best FPS games on the market <laughs> to this day and age. Um, I know it's the first of the Wolfenstein reboot games, but it is the best, in my opinion. I mean, I haven't replayed you know the New Colossus or the Old Blood yet, but... I can tell you for sure that those games are not going to reach the potential of the new order. I feel like there's just so many different gameplay techniques in there, different segments, lots of fun collectibles to find, lots of enemies to shoot and do that, you know, do whatever you want with them. It's just really, really good. You know, I, I, I was initially like, oh, I'll give it like an A. But, you know, then I thought about it and said, you know what? I think I'd give it an S. I think it is really a fun experience. There's a few things here or there, like, you know, some of the voice lines and stuff like that, but... I think that for the most part, it's really fun, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of fun to be had. You know, there's you can play through the game two times and do do and do some different things to get some different um, scenarios or dialogue and, and stuff like that. So that's also really really good. Um, I do I I do enjoy the final boss fight. Like a lot of times, these games have like a really shitty boss fight, like Doom Eternal. I thought that final boss fight was poopy. Uh, but, you know, the new order, like, you you can use everything at your disposal and you can, you know, take down the final boss, the final, final boss, I should say. Um, there's a there's a lot of fun segments in there as well throughout the game. Uh, my favorite boss was the London Monitor. I think that's, that's still the best uh, that the game has to offer. Uh, but the final boss fight is still good, too, so don't get me wrong. And, of course, it sets up it sets you up for either a sequel or not a sequel. They, they, they weren't sure if the, if the game franchise was going to move forward after this, so they kind of made it a little bit obligatory at the end, right? Um, but, you know, the nice thing is that the game, the series did continue, even though it didn't continue into a good direction. I still think that it was fine. Like, you know, the new order, they take you to the moon. Like, how do you top going to the moon? You know, oh, going to New York where there's, you know, clan members and Nazis working together. Like, oh boy, who cares? But you go to the freaking moon, a moon base. Like, how are you going to top that? You know, like, there's no way to top going to the moon using laser weapons and then, you know, going back to Earth. It's like, how do you top that? You can't. You just can't. And that's what makes the New Order so special and so good is that it does everything that it needs to do in a tight-knit, you know, eight-hour package that you, you get perks, you get stealth sections, you get combat sections, you can dual-wield from the get-go, you can silence weapons, you can... You can uh, you can throw grenades, you can stab enemies, you can use laser turns, you fight robots, robot dogs, giant mechs, you know, crazy scientists. You know, it's it's all in there, and I think that it's it's really really well done. So if you want to check that out, make sure you do. Um, you know, I'm 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 debating putting out a post on Twitter and being like, hey, has anyone even played this game? You know, <laughs> people fishing for likes on Twitter have got has gotten uh, annoying again. Because they'll post a game like, has everyone, has anyone even played Fortnite recently? Has anyone played Minecraft? And it's like, okay, <laughs> whatever. Um, at this point, if you haven't played Wolfenstein The New Order, you definitely should. If you're a fan of FPS games, first-person shooters, yeah, play this game. It's on Game Pass. It's pretty cheap everywhere else, especially when there's a sale going on. Um, I would definitely say 
try out this game if you're a fan of first-person shooters. It's really fun. It feels really good. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like Doom. It's got its own little flair to it. So if you're not a fan of Doom, you might like Wolfenstein. You know. So that's that. Thank you for listening to my TED talk. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next section of the podcast, which is what's in the news. Maybe I should call this section what's been delayed or shut down. <laughs> right off the bat, we have a, uh, a a very big list of games that have been delayed or completely shut or getting shut down. Uh, let's start off with the biggest one, which is Jedi Survivor, uh, the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. Um, it's been delayed about six weeks, excuse me, to uh, April 28th in their in their Twitter post. They said, they said, load please, they said, for the last three years, the Jedi team here at Respawn has poured its collective heart and soul into Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and we are proud to say the next chapter of the tale of Cal Kestis's, of Cal Kestis is almost complete. We are now focused entirely on the final stage, bug fixes to enhance performance, stability, polish, and most importantly, player experience. Jedi Survivor is a direct response to the feedback from our community, delivering expansive destinations to explore, evolved combat and traversal, and of course, the continuation of Cal and BD's story. Making this game has truly made us a better team, and we have pushed ourselves at every level to make this the Star Wars sequel our fans expect from Respawn and Lucasfilm Games. In order to in order for the team to hit the respawn quality bar, provide the team the time they need, and achieve the level of polish our fans deserve, we have added six crucial weeks to our release schedule. Star Wars Jedi Survivor will now launch on April 28th. Thanks to EA and Respawn for giving us the time to deliver the best experience to our players, and may the force be with you. Uh I always say this. It's not a bad thing to delay a game, and from experience with Jedi Fallen Order, two, three times now I've played through this game, I've experienced the same kind of glitchiness and bugginess that has always plagued Fallen Order. So if this means that Jedi Survivor will come out in a much more polished state with less bugs, graphical errors, etc., I feel like we'll be all in for a real big treat. I'm I'm very excited for this game. Apparently it's gonna be, you know, like mounts to ride, like maybe maybe we'll go to Hoth or something similar to Hoth and ride Banthas or whatever. Um maybe you know, maybe uh, or Banthas are, are tattooing. Um you know, maybe maybe we will ride Banthas. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll do some pod racing. I don't know I don't know what to expect in this game, you know. It it, it seems like they're definitely putting a lot of time and love into this game hopefully it's going to be a really nice sequel to a game that's really good just really bogged down by some of those things that they actually even mentioned in the in the little press release here so yeah the new release date is going to be april 28th i don't think that's a bad thing at all um and i think that uh with the extra time here they'll be able to polish it up and make it a truly good experience i'm very excited i'm very excited i mean from the trailers we've seen from the gameplay footage shown it just looks like it's going to be a better version of fallen order so yeah and i'm also really excited to see cal kessis's story move on you know i like the actor portraying him and i think that cal was a great character in fallen order so it's going to be interesting to see a a more gruff and kind of like down on his luck kind of character in this one Uh, so we'll go from there 
Also in the de- in the delayed world, The Last of Us Part 1's PC release has been delayed a few weeks. Naughty Dog's just trying to get this one right. You know, with the success that is the HBO series for The Last of Us, they probably want to release uh, the game that's based on in the best condition possible on the PC. Now, obviously, these PC ports of Sony games have been, you know, they've been selling like, you know, some of the some of them will sell really good, like, you know, the Uncharted series or Returnal or whatever. And then some of them don't sell as good, like the Sackboy game and and um, 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 the motorcycle zombie game on Days Gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm guessing that this that the Last of Us is going to be the biggest release uh, for P- for PC and Sony. Uh, so let's see what the what Naughty Dog has to say about the port. Uh, the Last of Us fans, let's get right to it. We initially announced the Last of Us P- one Part One PC release will be on March third, but we've decided to push this launch date out out only a few weeks. It'll now be released on March twenty eighth. We at the studio have completely have been completely blown away by the outpouring of love and support for The Last of Us for the past few weeks. Hearing your love for the HBO adaption, seeing your beautiful photo mode shots, and learning about how the world and characters are studio-created nearly a decade ago continue to reach new and old fans alike floors us every day. We know a lot of you have been revisiting the story that started it all with The Last of Us Part 1 on PlayStation 5, and we realize many of you have been exper- have been excited to jump in for the first time when Part 1 hits PC. And so, we want to make sure that The Last of Us Part 1 PC debut is the best sh- is in its best shape possible. These additional few weeks will allow us to ensure the vision of The Last of Us lives up to you and our standards. We are so excited to bring The Last of Us Part 1 to a new platform, reaching new and returning players with Joel and Ellie's unforgettable story of survival, and we hope that you'll continue to look forward to its PC release on March 28th. The Naughty Dog team appreciates your support and enthusiasm, and we look forward to sharing more about The Last of Us Part 1 PC version soon. May the Force be... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Endure and survive, Naughty Dog. Um, so yeah, I mean, a few more weeks to kind of polish the game up, touch it up a bit. I mean, this is the first Naughty Dog port coming over to PC, I believe, right? Uh, no, well, I mean, there was the Uncharted game, so never mind. But, you know, I, look, like I said before, the HBO adaption has gotten more and more and more people interested in playing the game. A lot of people have complained. I have Xbox. I have PC. I don't have a PlayStation. How do I play the game? Well, here you go. They're giving you the uh, the, the resources to play it. it. That also tells me that the Part part 2 is probably not too far behind. I'm guessing that's going to be, re- be released by the end of the year, honestly. Um, So maybe we'll see, like the Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart game, or maybe we'll see, oh, I don't know, Bloodborne? <laughs> Possibly released next year? We'll see, we'll see. Um, I'm guessing that these are going to sell pretty good, so they're definitely going to try and get Part 2 out as quickly as they can. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, you know, with the, with Season 2 being picked up for The Last of Us already, it's 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 almost a shoe when they get Part 2 into production for PC faster, but... Yeah, I just got to wait a few more weeks for this. Not a bad thing, I suppose. All right, let's get into the games that are being shut down. Knockout City. Uh, The servers are going to be shut down on the 6th of June. Season 9, which is going to be coming soon, is the final season for the game. Uh, This is the dodgeball battle royale co-op kind of game where you throw dodgeballs at people, try to catch them, throw them back. You know how it goes. Um, so season nine uh, of the free free to play multiplayer game will be the last one, and then the servers will be shut off on the sixth of June. Um, in a video, uh, the director of the game, Jeremy Russo, reflects on how much the team has learned over the course of development 
Um, but sadly, the studio is struggling to deliver updates that would sustain a viable player base. Season 9 will be Knockout City's last season, launching on the 28th of February. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it was a very short-lived kind of game. I think a lot of people enjoyed it, but it didn't... I don't did this. I don't think this one started off free-to-play. I, th- I think it went free-to-play around, like, season 5 or 6 or something like that. And it just... The bar for entry was, like, paying for... Either, either paying for EA Play services or buying the game outright, and I just didn't want to do either of those things. And by the time it went free to play, I'm I'm not like super into battle royale or free to play, you know, big open free to play games. So, you know, it wasn't really my thing. Um, but uh, the studio, Velen Studio, is is planning to send the game off in style with numerous updates, giveaways, tournaments, and even an offline version of the game. So if that you bought the game, you can still play not Knockout City in a limited fashion. So that's actually nice of them to do. So get your get your dodgeball kicks in uh, sooner rather than later. Because Knockout City is turning off its servers in June. Another game that is in a similar fashion, called Rumbleverse, is shutting down after only six months of being available to the public. Uh, Rumbleverse is a melee-based battle royale game that was published by uh, Epic Games and developed by Iron Galaxy Studios. It's going offline on February 28th, which is, funny enough, the same day as the Knockout City final season. This is actually a pretty surprising turn of events, seeing that the game is only six months old. Rumbleverse was well-received when it first launched. A lot of people really enjoyed it. Uh, that was in August last year. Um, and I think that the, I think that in general, I think people enjoyed it because it's a kind of like a... It's a pretty good twist on, like, the formula of Battle Royale, you know, using WWE moves to kind of, like, take out the competition, right? Um Refunds will be offered to existing players. The official announcement reads, any player who has spent money on Rumbleverse is eligible for a refund of money spent on or in the game. This includes the purchase of a Rumbleverse Battle Pass or Brawla Bills on any platform, which is the in-game currency. We will share a fact page with additional refund information soon. They also said the current Battle Pass will be granted to everyone. Your XP gains will be doubled so you can fast-track unlocks for every rank, Quads, trios, duelos, and solos will be live, and we're and we've unlocked additional accessories and emotes in the game for free as well. Um, so it's nice that they're giving refunds for the game. I mean, this is a dedicated online-only game, so unlike Knockout City, I don't believe there's there's any single-player offline experience with Rumbleverse, which is a detriment to games, but also sometimes can be a saving grace for games, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I think, I think this game is going to go down in history as like just a, a failed experiment, I guess, trying to capitalize on a, a genre that is already oversaturated and trying to keep it a live service game with seasons and, and, and annual updates. It's just not going to keep a player base like something like Fortnite or Apex Legends can. Um, so yeah, hats off to you, Rumbleverse. You tried, you tried your best. Didn't last too long. Bye-bye. All right. The original creator, uh, director, I'm sorry, the original director of Dead Dead Space has thanked Motive for their faithful PS5 Dead Space remake. Glenn Schofield, who recently helmed the Callisto Protocol, which kind of sucked, let's be honest. <laughs> um, he uh, was, uh, was talking uh, in a post on LinkedIn for some reason. Uh, he said that uh, his his daughter said that Schofield thanked everyone involved in both the original and the remake, 
stating that to all of you who worked on the original, thank you for your contributions to an amazing game. It has withstood the test of time, and thanks to Motive, thank you for caring for taking the time to, to care for in remaking the game faithfully. Congratulations. Um, kind of, I mean, it's it is a post by his daughter, probably okayed by, you know, the man himself, obviously, uh, on his LinkedIn, which is kind of weird. Um, uh, but I mean, Dead Space remake has surpassed Dead Space one in a lot of ways, and it's also eclipsed. Uh, the Callisto Protocol. I mean, who's going to be talking about the Callisto Protocol at the end of the year? No one. Everyone's going to be talking about Dead Space Remake. And I can already foresee, you know, uh, an Excellence in Graphics award for Dead Space Remake. And I can also foresee maybe Callisto Protocol Protocol being nominated. But that's the thing that kind of irks me. Like, once again, rant time. <laughs> that's the one thing that irks me about the video game um, awards is, you know... The Kalista Protocol came out last year, and I don't care what they say or how, why, what their justification is. Though the you know awards for 2022 games should be in you know should be games from 2022 and and that year you know, I I, I don't foresee the Kalista Protocol getting any love for uh, the stuff they actually did well like the um, you know graphics or the sound design next year. I just I, or this year. I don't I don't see it happening. Uh, Dead Space is going to eclipse Callisto Protocol in every single way, which is a good thing, in my opinion. I think that Dead Space remake is definitely way better than Callisto Protocol. Callisto Protocol tried something different, and it did not work, and it just was bad in general. And Dead Space remake takes something that was already great and just makes it amazing, which is something you don't see every day with these remakes. You know, a lot of remakes or remasters come out, like the Bioshock remasters, uh, the Mafia remaster, in my opinion, you know, and they're just like bare bones, you know, reskin or, you know, maybe a graphical update uh, and, you know, they take away options and stuff like that. But, you know, this Space Remake did everything right. And, you know, you don't see that too often in the industry. You know, there was part, you know, last was part one last year and there's Dead Space Remake this year. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, and I, you know, I'm interested to see, I, I'm interested to hear more of what this, you know, the original director has to say about, you know, this remake, but I'm guessing right now he's more so pissed off about the underperformance of his game that recently came out. PlayStation Plus members, you're going to lose the PlayStation Plus collection in May. Sony is dropping the PlayStation Essentials collection, um, which has been bundled in with all, you know, with all versions of PlayStation Plus for a little while now. This was a collection of games spanning the PS4's library, including Ratchet and Clank 2016, Uncharted, Days Gone, God of War 2018, and more. Uh, also, other games that were included, Batman Arkham Knight, Battlefield 1, Bloodborne, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, Zombies Chronicles, Crash Bandicoot, Insane Trilogy, Detroit Become Human, Fallout 4, Final Fantasy 15, Infamous Second Son, Monster Hunter World, Mortal Kombat X, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered, Uncharted 4, and Until Dawn. So if you want to keep these games on your account, all you have to do is add them to your library before the service ends. Anyone who adds a game from this list of games from the PlayStation Plus collection to their library will still be able to play them after the collection goes offline. Uh, you know, like I said, that includes games that, you know, were for PS4, and some of these are compatible on PS5 or have PS5 versions. Um, you know, I played Concrete Genie on the collection um, that was, I played that on the PS5 and, you know, it played fine. It was, like I said, it, it just loaded a little bit slow, but you know, it played fine. And I was, I was glad to have been able to play that for practically for free, uh, with the collection here. So, like I said, if you, if you don't have these, you know, 
if you don't have these um, added to your library yet, just go through the whole list, add them all to your library, and you'll have them for until you're done with PlayStation Plus. What more could you want? <laughs> so yeah, you have until May to do that, so you do have some time. They haven't given an exact day that the... Oh, I'm sorry. May 9th. May 9th is when the, the, the collection will be discontinued. Um, so there you go. We're wondering if uh, the PS... There will be a new uh, PlayStation collection? Maybe for new games? Or PlayStation 5 games? I think the one thing that kind of stands out here is Last of Us Remastered is on here. And I feel like... I feel like maybe that's like the the thing that they wanted to take out the most because they're like, oh, we have this new version of Last of Us. Why the you know why do we have the remastered on there? You know, I think maybe that's the thing. Maybe they're taking down all these games just because the Last of Us remastered is on here. Just a theory. Just a theory. All right, let's move on. Uh, speaking of PlayStation, uh, Uncharted was kind of maybe possibly shown off in a in a recent ad campaign for the PS5. Um, not only was there Marvel Spider-Man 2, Horizon Forbidden West, and Gran Turismo 7 shown off in this ad, but there was also a, uh, not a immediately recognizable, but a recognizable scene that could be seen as an Uncharted 5 or something of the sort. Uh, 43 seconds into the advert, a woman is holding a lit torch and is spotted walking through a cave. She then pops up a little later on blow, blowing off sand on an artifact. So this could definitely be an Uncharted game. Now, Naughty Dog has said that they're not working on another Uncharted game, and I think that's true. I don't think Naughty Dog is working on Uncharted. But there are other studios inside of PlayStation's domain that probably could be working on some sort of Uncharted experience. Now, after I finished Uncharted 4, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast or Yummy Cast in the past, but I do believe that the, that the, that the <clears throat> Uncharted series will move forward with either a game based around Nathan Drake's daughter and him going on an adventure, or just Nathan Drake's daughter. Um, <clears throat> I really do wholeheartedly still believe that they are going to do that because Uncharted is a huge series. It's a massive series. I don't think they're going to call. I don't think. I honestly don't think they're going to. They're going to call it Uncharted Five. I think it's going to be Uncharted colon whatever you know or maybe let's go uncharted again just just reboot the series with uh with his with his daughter i think that's also pretty viable a little bit confusing but still kind of viable so that's always been you know that's always been my theory since uncharted 4 ended and you know the final scene of the game is him with his family and his daughter and his daughter has like a journal and all these artifacts and stuff like that like his like her dad so it only makes sense now like i said before naughty dog has already said that they moved on from the uncharted series but that doesn't mean that the series is over, you know? Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Uncharted 4 was like a bestseller, you know, on the PlayStation. It was like one of the biggest games when it came out. So, and I think Uncharted 4 got top five in my game of the year list that year. I don't remember exactly because I wasn't really tracking things back then. But there you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, uh, Redfall. Um, I talked a lot about this last week, so there's not much new to add on here. But... People have been complaining about the persistent online connection that needs to be happening on the on, on the game, even when in single player. Uh, this shouldn't really come as a surprise. I mean, this is a co-op, four-player co-op game set in an open world that is, you know, proceed not procedurally generated, but you know, it, you know, 
it's it's very much a a multiplayer game first and a single player game second. And even though you can play single player, the game will require a persistent online connection to play single player and co-op, local co-op. Um, this is this is a this this is just something that's just kind of become expected these days. Like I understand where people are coming from, obviously. Like when a single player game needs an online connection and for some reason maybe your internet cuts out for a second or maybe, you know, you get disconnected from the server in a, in a crucial moment. Like, yeah, that's that shit is whack. OK, that shit is whack. And why why it's required is sometimes a lot of times beyond me. Maybe it's just keeping stats, track of stats. Maybe it's trying to um, keep eyes on if there's cheaters out there, you know, they could dis- they could disconnect from the online and do a few hacks and whatever and come back stronger or whatever i don't know cheese some things um so i guess this means like if you don't have your xbox hooked up to an internet connection redfall is practically going to be be unplayable for you which is kind of unfortunate um i think even back for blood did this you needed an online connection when playing solo mode as well um and like i said it's just kind of expected nowadays not exactly welcomed but expected and this is just the next game in a long line of games that are going to be requiring online all the time um, I think the latest, I mean, the last time this was a big controversy was controversy was during Gran Turismo 7. I think Gran Turismo 7 required an online connection for some reason at all times. Or maybe it was Forza? No. No, it was Gran Turismo. And then Back for Blood also had that same controversy. So I think that in time, people will kind of calm down about this stuff because it's just going to become the norm. But at this point, it is a little bit annoying to see that, especially when during the Xbox Direct they were so like focused on like you can play the single player, you can play the single player, you can play the single player, and then it's like, well, you can play a single player asterisks. You need an online connection. And finally, for the actually not finally for the news today. Uh, next up on the news, Dying Light Two <clears throat> is getting some support for its first anniversary. And here's something that this is the only reason that I'm talking about this is this quote right here. Uh, they're going to overhaul Dying Light 2's parkour system and revamp the core combat mechanics to keep things fresh. They also tease a new piece of DLC as well. That'll be hitting the store. The series has officially sold over 30 million, uh, so they're they're going to be adding some new stuff to Dying Light 2 to kind of you know celebrate that. But the the, the the thing that's really got me like... Mm-hmm revamping the parkour system please please i'm fine with the combat the combat was fine but the parkour system was really the thing that stopped me from playing this game take out the stamina gauge please i know the game is kind of built around that but please take out the fucking stamina gauge it is the most egregious fucking thing ever please take out the stupid stupid stamina system Oh my god, it's just so annoying. It's one of the, it's the, it's the thing that's, that really ruined the game for me. Honestly, it really, really did. I got all the way to the second part of the of the game. I got halfway through it. I was going through this the, the big city, and I was just I was I was upgrading my parkour, upgrading my parkour, and I still felt like I was underpowered when doing stamina stuff. And then on top of that, because I'd spent so much XP on parkour. I didn't have a lot of combat ability stuff or or health related upgrades because you don't find the freaking health or the upgrade needles a lot. Then that just annoyed me even more. So, you know, revamp the stuff. Maybe maybe if if something comes out that says that it's completely different, I'll 
you know, take a look at it, but don't expect me to play this game anytime soon until I hear something different. All right, finally for the news today, Among Us has revealed its 2023 roadmap. So, out right now, the first stuff that came out was the hide-and-seek mode and a friends list available for the game for the cross-platform support. Coming soon, there will be a UI update for the game. And then, future plans, they'll be adding a new map. Quick chat will be reworked. There will be improved matchmaking and more collabs in the future. Um, so, you know, it's nice to see that Among Us is still getting some love. I know it's not as popular as it was during, you know, the pandemic. Uh, but it's nice to see that the game is still getting loved, still getting updated. You know, I'm glad that they didn't go along with the plans for an Among Us 2. They just kind of went with the, you know, updating the game, the base game that was already there. They already have a huge player base. A lot of people have the game. So it would be pretty detrimental to do an Among Us 2. Um, so, yeah, I mean... You know, Among Us was a good time when it was, you know, big and popular, and I, I'm, I know a lot of people still play it, and I know the VR game came out recently, which was which was good. So, you know, nice to see that they're going to be upgrading, uh, you know, still updating the game throughout 2023. 20, okay, let's go into the final section of the podcast, which is what's coming soon. First up on my list is a PS VR 2 game that is going to be pumping up the numbers of the launch lineup for the for the peripheral. PS VR 2 is getting a game called Drums Rock. Get out your get out your drumsticks, get out your you know let you let loose your hair and play along to these uh, air, you know these these songs, brother. Uh, this game really channels the Guitar Hero slash Rock Band drum system where uh, notes will be flying towards you and you need to hit the drums at the right moment. Now, I was watching the gameplay trailer, which is available on, um, oh, what the heck is this, Garage 51 Entertainment's YouTube channel, and it doesn't look like they've specifically mapped out the instrument correctly, okay? As a, as a person who has played drums and has played a lot of Guitar Hero and Rock Band, um, the track, you know, like the note tracking does not look spot on, but I think they, is, I think it's essentially just a rhythm game where they said, Hey, let's try and make this just as fun as possible. It doesn't need to make sense. <laughs> so essentially you play this drum set and you go through a journey through hell pretty much. And it's in VR. So you're using your, you know, your, your, uh, controllers to play the drums here. Um, there's going to be a bit, there's a pretty big set list here. Uh, right off the bat, you know, Black Betty was was um, one of the first songs they showed off. And, of course, I love rock and roll. Um, they also made sure to tell you, like, hey, there's going to be haptic feedback so you know when you hit a drum. There's also going to be headset vibration, which sounds kind of weird to me. Um, but, yeah, uh, Black Betty, uh, I Love Rock and Roll, uh, Bring Me to Life by Everessence is in there. Uh, there's also a, a, another – there's a whole slew of uh, other bands in here too, including Ailstorm, big selling point for me. Uh, Airborne, uh, Blind Guardian, Guard Guardian, Beast in Black, Professional Professor Plum, <laughs> Violet Road, John Verity, and more will also be included on the soundtrack. Um, yeah, it looks like you're gonna be go just battling through hell, playing songs through hell, battling the devil. 
Um, they also said that there were other game modes as well, um, endurance mode, a score attack mode, etc., etc. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I mean, obviously there's, you know, you'll be able to customize your character, customize your drum set, etc. Um, I think that's going to be a pretty cool time. I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to playing. This is definitely going to probably be a, 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 day one buy for me with the PSVR 2. Um, oh, I also forgot to mention there's over 30 songs available in the game. Not all of them have been announced yet, but you know, whatever. So yeah, it looks, uh, looks like it's pretty, uh, pretty cool. I, I really enjoy the, enjoy the look of this one. Um, if you want to check out that trailer, like I said, garage 51 entertainment, the game is called drums rock. And as one word, kind of a weird, kind of a weird name for the game, but I like the idea, and maybe we'll get some more games in the same style, maybe in a more Rock Band VR style of things, but we'll have to wait and see. All right, Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. Uh, this was delayed indefinitely a few years ago at this point. The date is still marked as TBA on all platforms, but uh, people who, have, who are kind of code junkies have found a NSUID attached to the game now, which means that the game is going to be available to pre-order again soon, at some point in the near future. Um, in addition to this, uh, it seems like the reboot camp has resurfaced on sites like Amazon, uh, Walmart, Best Buy, and GameStop. So you might be able to pre-order the game again coming soon, um, and maybe we'll see the game released this year. Uh, maybe in the next Nintendo Direct, they'll give the game a new release date. Um, I know that there was some development troubles, and then, of course, the um, the war in Ukraine going on right now has been a big part of why the game was pushed back, just because of the themes and the characters in the game, I suppose. Um, but I've been excited and interested, very interested in, in playing this because I haven't played Advanced Wars since the Game Boy Advance, so, you know, it would be a really fun trip down, this, you know, tr walk down nostalgia lane, I guess you could say, a trip down memory lane for sure, um, and uh, we'll go from there, but yeah, Reboot Camp may be possibly coming soon, um, but uh, we'll have to see, we'll have to see what happens. Um, it's probably, if it's, if anything, it's probably going to come out either before Tears of the Kingdom or maybe in June afterwards, because you don't want to, you don't want to put the game out Around that time, people are going to be running for Tears of the Kingdom, not for Advance Wars. <laughs> All right, Amnesia the Bunker. Um, this was a. This looks like a pretty interesting game. They kind of shown shed some light on the core uh, aspect of the game and also a uh, tentative release date for right now. Uh, the game is going to be a first-person horror game uh, set during World War One. You'll play as a French soldier named Henry Clement who was abandoned by his battalion and left for dead in a mysterious labyrinth bunker. With some sort of monster hunting you down, your mission is to escape the bunker unscathed, which will be easier said than done. Frictional Games makes a point to highlight the non-linear structure of the game. The layout of puzzles and objects in a titular bunker will change with each playthrough, meaning you'll always be kept on your toes, and you'll have a limited number of tools at your disposal. Sounds like they definitely changed up things with the with the with the amnesia formula. I mean, if you think about any of the other amnesia games in the past, they're all very linear. Um, they all kind of have this, you know, you know, same kind of gameplay mechanics. So this will definitely be an interesting and uh, different kind of approach to the game. I, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very excited to try this out for the first time in a while. I've been excited to play an amnesia game. Who could who could have guessed? But maybe it's the World War One theming. Maybe it's the fact that you have a pistol on you. I don't know. <laughs> 
I also just watched that movie um, on Netflix, which is um, All Quiet on the Western Front. So, you know, I'm also pretty into World War One right now. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, that's going to be coming in March of 2023. No, no confirmed release date, just March, which is pretty close, all things considered. Shadow Warrior 3, which launched, uh, I think this, what, this launched back in 2021, 2022, I forget. I think it was 2021. But anyway, Shadow Warrior 3 Definitive Edition is coming soon. Uh, It's set for a release date on February 16th. There will be a new survival mode, new game plus, and a hardcore mode. Chapter Select is also being added to the game. You're able to choose between 4K, 30 frames per second, and performance mode, which is 60 FPS priority graphics setting. Also, on the PS5, full haptic feedback functionality has been implemented, so your DualSense controller can now rumble like never before. This will be a free upgrade to people who already own Shadow Warrior 3 on any respective console. Um, so if you want to check, check this out, it will be a free upgrade, or you can buy it on its own. I was not a huge fan of Shadow Warrior 3. I felt like it was very monotonous and not very fun, but I still enjoy Wo Lang and his humor. <laughs> um, and I, I, I think Shadow Warrior 2 is still the best series has to offer. I was really hoping this one was going to be, you know, open world or something like that, but it's, it was not, and that was really disappointing to me. Um, it's very much a Dune clone. It doesn't, e- it, it, it doesn't even try to do much different. Um, so if you want to check it out, it is fun, a fun action game, but it's nothing new in, in the world of FPS. There's going to be a free kart racer coming out uh, in the future on all platforms. It's going to f- offer full cross-platform support. Cross-play will be available when Season 1 arrives on the 8th of March. Uh, but the game called Kart Rider Drift uh, will, will be launching on the 8th of March. It is a free-to-play outing, which has been in beta testing for some time. Uh, this will be a game completely cross-playable on PC, Xbox, iOS, and Android. So there you go. Uh, you can look forward to plenty of un- unlockable cas- cosmetics. I'm pretty sure they'll monetize the hell out of this game. There will be uh, unique characters, carts, and s- customization options to unlock. Um, blah, 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 blah. There will be challenges, events, premium challenges and rewards as well with a premium racing pass so there you go um if you're on a uh, i mean obviously there's really no comparable thing to mario kart on playstation or xbox at the moment i mean there's some knockoffs for sure and this is just definitely another knockoff in the line of knockoffs i don't think it's going to do anything new that other racing games have not tried to do uh, but maybe it'll feel better than expected i don't know we'll have to wait and see but kart rider drift comes out may march 8th so if you want to check it out, it is free to play. You can check it out for free on any platform other than Switch. <laughs> okay, uh, the four games for PlayStation Plus Essentials are coming, of course, the first Tuesday of February, which is the 7th this this time around. The four games you can download are Ali Ali World, Mafia Definitive Edition, Evil Dead the Game, and Destiny 2 Beyond Light. Um, so Ali Ali World won Game of the Year. Spoiler alert uh, for me personally. That was really great. Definitely check that out when you can. If you can, you definitely can. Uh, Mafia Definitive Edition, that's the PS4 game. I, I, I'm, I'm sure it plays on PS5. Was not impressed by that. No quality of life. Uh, no, uh, You can't really do much of anything to the graphics settings and stuff like that, which is really disappointing. 
Evil Dead the game. Uh, I believe this is kind of like Dead Dead by Daylight and stuff like that. Um, I never played it myself, but maybe I'll try it out now that's free. And then Destiny 2 Beyond Light. This is kind of like a half game. It's just a DLC expansion for an already free-to-play game. So if you want to, you can check that out. Um, and I think this 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 Beyond Light thing will prepare you for the new Lightfall content update on Destiny 2 releasing um, later in February, which is kind of crazy that they're doing that so close to it. Anyway, um, that's that. Xbox Games with Gold. Why even, why even pay for games for gold nowadays? The two games you get are For the King, which is going to be available between the 1st of February and the 28th, and Guts and Goals, which is going to be available between the 16th of February and March 15th. Neither of these games look incredibly good. I remember For the King being okay. I played it on PC a while back. Never played Guts and Goals. It looks like a party game. Um, so if you want to check those games out for Xbox Games for Gold, there you go. And then here are some games leaving Xbox Game Pass on the 15th of February. Uh, so there's a game called Besiege Game Preview, Crossfire X, Operation Catalyst, Infrax, Recom- Recompile, Skull the Hero Slayer, and the kids, the last kids on Earth, and the Staff of Doom. So if you want to check out any of those games, um, you can you you'll make sure you try those out before they leave Xbox Game Pass. And that'll do it. That'll do it, folks. A quarter will do ya. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna check out any of those things I mentioned, go ahead, go for it. Don't let me stop you. Um, extra thanks to everyone listening. Thank you so much to the people who rate the podcast and review the podcast, whether it be on Apple or Spotify or any other platform. Really do appreciate that. If you want to check me out on Twitch right now, we're finishing up Ghost of Tsushima. We're trying to do a hundred percent run before doing the DLC Island, which should be pretty interesting because I've never played that before. We're also playing Bioshock Remastered right now, which has been a trip. Uh, it has the same problems as Mafia with, with no graphical options, no nothing. And I'm playing the PC version, which is really annoying because you think if any version has some options in it, it would be this one. Uh, but we are playing through that, uh, and I and and we'll we'll I, I'm pretty sure we're gonna be we're gonna try playing through 007 GoldenEye with the new Xbox version uh, in the in the near future once we get finished with Bioshock. So check out that when it comes around. I stream on Twitch Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and, and Saturday if you want to check me out. I also have other podcasts, Film Freaks with a Z. We talk about movies. And then also Fubar Fair, which should be coming back after the NFL season is over. So stay tuned for that. Anything else at Yummy the Ferret? I have a VODs channel, Yummy the Ferret VODs. I have a regular YouTube channel, you, Yummy the Ferret. I have a twi- Twitter, Yummy the Ferret. I have a TikTok, Yummy the Ferret. I have an Instagram, Yummy the Ferret. <laughs> it's all the same. Thank you so much, everyone. I'll talk at you next week. I'm Yummy the Ferret. This has been Ferret64. Goodbye. The Ferret64 podcast is owned and edited by Yummy the Ferret. The song Nightshade, used in the intro and outro, is owned by Adhesive Wombat. Small sound clips during the podcast were made by Yemi the Ferret. News sources include NintendoLife.com, PushSquare.com, and PureXbox.com. All opinions video game related are my own. Thank you for listening.